Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up, Mark? <laughs> Weirdo. Not much. It's been a good week here. It is April 13th, 1996. And we're coming at you. We got lots of news today. I kind of tried to do a, you know how on, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but on that show Friends, Mm -hmm. Joey has a thing that he says. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? So I said, how how are you doing? I think you got to get rid of the R. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How you? doing carol hey what's up (laughs) it really it really changes your (laughs) hey what's up too oh but lots of lots of news one thing that i'm very excited about is the new kids in the hall movie brain candy Hmm. now how familiar are you carol with the kids in the hall not at all so i'm going to explain that they got their name from, I think it was Sid Caesar. Okay. Sid Caesar on his program, whenever he would do a joke that didn't go over, the bombs people mm-hmm. would laugh at, he would say, oh, that one was written by the kids in the hall out there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where they got their, their name for their stand-up group. That's funny. Yeah. But I love this show. It, it's, it aired on CBC. Uh, near us, that's the Canadian Broadcasting Channel. Uh, said we we would get we get that here in Michigan, uh, you know. So they would air on that, and that's kind of how I got exposed to it. And then eventually, it went onto HBO, I think, which is probably why you didn't see it because you don't do cable. Right. And then I think Comedy Central airs some of the episodes sometimes as well. Yeah. Nope. Don't watch Comedy Central or HBO. No. Don't have cable. I am sad and poor. I think CBS did it for a while, too. I think they had some kind of deal with CBS. But anyway, a very funny uh, sketch comedy show from five very funny people. Dave Foley, who's on news radio now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott Thompson, who they talked to in this article. Uh, Kevin McDonald. Bruce McCullough. And uh, I can't think of... uh, Dave Foley, Scott Thompson, Bruce McCullough, Kevin McDonald, and uh, I think it's another Scott. I have no idea. And I can't think of his name off the top of my head for some reason. Oh, my God. Oh, no, Mark McKinney. He has the same name as me. Okay. Although my last name's not McKinney, everybody. But Mark McKinney, yeah. So, anyway, they have this new movie coming out called Brain Candy, and it says... Kids in the Halls, Scott Thompson, brings out new characters in movie. Basically, what they do is they do... There's a lot of kind of British-Canadian-style humor where they, they make fun of the Queen a lot, you know, and then the royal family and stuff like that. They dress in drag, so they dress in women's clothes because they play all the characters. Okay. And that's played up for laughs because that's a big British thing is like... Uh, you know, whoa, woman, a man in a woman's dress. <laughs> it's so funny. Didn't you do that once? 
What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Did I go on a sketch comedy show dressed up in a dress? No, I think... I've never been on television. Didn't you go to, like, I don't know, Meyer dressed up in a dress? <laughs> yeah, I did I do thought this. So. What's your point? <laughs> no point, just... just Letting the people know what's up. Didn't you uh, wear man- men's underwear one time? Uh, no. No, oh, okay. Sorry, I took shots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I kind of want to see that movie. I don't know if we're gonna. Be, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do that movie for the show or not. But I'm excited to see it. We'll we'll see it either way. Yeah, but I mean, I don't see why not. We'll we'll make we'll make time. We'll make some time, just like Hootie and the Blowfish is making time for a new album. Alrighty then. Hootie and the Blowfish's second album will reveal whether the band is all it's cracked up to be. People are... People? Yeah, people. People are... are they're doubting Hootie and the Blowfish. What? I, I, see, I see a lot of people are like, yeah, they had a good first album, you know, like four number one hits or whatever. <laughs> But I mean, are they are they here to stay? Yeah. Does a smash hit debut album guarantee a second? Obviously not. Or one hit wonders wouldn't exist. But here's a look at some of Pop's biggest debuts and breakthrough albums, and how the follow-ups fared. Figures indicate U.S. sales through April 1996. Carol King, her second album, uh, or her first album was Tapestry. Which sold ten million. Oh yeah, my my mom had that huge huge album, and her second album, Music, uh, sold one million. Wow. Boston's first album was the uh, eponymously titled Boston, nineteen seventy six. Fifteen million in sales. Uh, Don't look back, seventy eight. Six million in sales. Not bad. Peter Frampton, Frampton comes alive. Six million in sales. His follow up did only. One million in sales. Still, though, I mean a million in sales. What do you think? So, what do you think of Hootie and the Blowfish, first of all? And do you think that their second album can match the intensity and the ferocity of the first? Well, is it possible? Sure. But who knows? We got to wait and see what it's Hootie like. Hootie and the Blowfish knows. But, um, I mean, I really, I like them. Like, yeah, the Let Her Cry is like... Let Her Cry. An awesome song. And uh, what else do they sing? I don't want to be with you. Yeah, that's okay. It's only okay. I don't love that one. Nothing I can do. I think that's pretty good. But I think they've got, I mean, they've got a kind of unique sound going. I think they'll be all right. What do you think? I think they got a unique sound. (laughs) You think I'm crazy. I think they'll be okay. No, I think they're fine. You know, they kind of they they remind me a little bit of uh, country almost in in certain ways. The way he sings, yeah, I the way can that, see that the way that that dude sings is a little country, but a little bit country, yeah, but oh, also a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> uh, no, I think obviously they've had an enormous year in music last year and 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 into this year, and I don't think they'll I don't think they'll their second album will be. As huge of a smash as the first one, but I I think they have a chance to have some, you know solid songs, and that's the thing is like you can have a huge like Carol King's still known just because right. just because Tapestry did huge numbers and her second album didn't do as big of numbers doesn't mean that Carol King you know like faded away. 
She, right. she was not one, not a one-hit wonder. She had a very successful career in music. All those bands did. Yeah. Peter Frampton, Boston, they all did. And if you can ride the high of a smash debut and then have consistently good songs and consistently ch- charting songs after that, even if it's only like one or two per album, you'll be fine. Uh, that's a good way of looking at it. You'll have a very good career. So they don't need to replicate that. They just need to keep it going. Yes. Uh, what is think, speaking of things. <laughs> what are we speaking about there? Are your lips working? <laughs> well, this guy's lips won't be working, I don't think. Um, there's a new sport coming around. What? It is called the Ultimate Fighting Championship or UFC. Um, isn't it just like wrestling? No, no, not at all. It's making its way to Detroit. Apparently, it's it's like there's basically no rules, right? It says the ultimate blood sport, question mark. And it says on May 17th, six pairs of men will lock themselves in an octagonal octagonal metal cage in Kobo Arena and in bouts virtually devoid of rules. Club, strangle, knee, headbutt, punch, and kick each other into bloody unconsciousness or submission. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's basically like, so that's why they call it ultimate fighting. It's First of all, it's totally real. It's not like wrestling. It's not fake. It's 100% real. And it's not like boxing where you can just punch, and it's not like kickboxing where you can, you know, punch and kick. You can do anything. There are, like, there are wrestling holds in there. So... Can there they pe- bite? Uh, I don't think you can bite. But you can kick and punch and stuff pretty much anywhere. I don't know. You might not be able to do groin. And I don't know about kidney punches. I mean, that those are, you know, those are dangerous. But pretty much everything else. And, like, there, so there are people. I've seen a little bit of this because some of my friends are into this. Ugh. And, I, yeah, it's not for me. I it, I've never been, like, I liked boxing a little bit. And there's a science to boxing. But I've never even big, been that big of a boxing fan, let alone this, which goes much farther. But there are people that will do some, like, martial arts type stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll do, like, uh, like judo's a big one, I guess, because judo's a lot of grappling and, and things like that, a lot of holds. Okay. And so people will do that. People, they have just different, um, different styles, basically. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to do is make someone give up, submit... Or knock somebody out to where they can't stand up. There's no like, there's no like standing ten count. There's no knockdown three times and it's a technical knockout. Someone needs to go unconscious or give up. That's how it's won. Why would anyone want to do that? That sounds I don't terrible. Know. There, there are people that they're you know aggression, adrenaline filled guys that are up there. I guess one of the the big ones is Dan the Beast uh, Severin of cold water he's going to take uh part in the bout on the 17th hmm. uh some eight thousand tickets have already been sold well that's eight thousand people that uh make me a little sick children may attend if accompanied by an adult what yeah exactly can you think about it i can think about it i don't want to olympia arenas incorporated owned by pizza king mike illich booked to the kobo affair a company representative described the event as not necessarily Sesame Street Live, <laughs> but promised a real exciting evening. And then, now here's the 
here's some protests. I'm not one of the moralists, Senator John McCain of Arizona told the Detroit News, but when I see on these tapes of UFC events, little children yelling, blood, blood, kill him, kill him, then that is an unhappy commentary. Gross. The controversial brawls are held only in the few states that have no health or safety regulations for combative sports. And it's coming to Detroit? Fuck off. McCain and another senator warned in a recent letter to 44 governors, including Michigan's John Engler. McCain, who boxed at at the National or Naval Academy, and Senator Ben Nighthorse Campbell of Colorado, a former member of the U.S. Olympic judo team, called the UFC nothing more than a brutal and repugnant blood sport and called on governors to ban it. But that may be easier said than done. So, you know, this is this is one of those things where it's like, I'll tell you what, I guess they're trying to replace boxing. We won't get super into this because I know that our audience and you <laughs> will have no, they you won't care at all about this. Really, really not, yeah. But... Boxing has no one but itself to blame because of the horrible corruptness in the sport. There's a, there's a lot of corruption in boxing. Uh, people taking dives, people, uh, you know, getting paid off and, and shit like that. There's a, the way it's been set up. There's a lot of corruption in boxing, and because of that, there's no unified champions, um, and it's just it's it's a mess, and they have no one to blame but themselves for their their serpentine TV deals and, and all this other stuff. So if it, you know, like this thing couldn't exist if boxing was popular and if it did exist, it would be so niche. No one would even pay attention to it. If boxing was still the king of combat sports, Mm -hmm. no one would pay attention to this thing at all. Well, I mean, I don't see why anyone pays attention to boxing, let alone this. And I don't see why getting rid of boxing means we have to come up with a replacement. That's even worse. (laughs) <laughs> well, they're not the audience that they're trying to reach is not you, but there there is an audience for combat sports. It's not me either. I don't really care that much about it, but there is an audience for this kind of stuff. You know, I liked playing the video game Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, but um, not real life. I wouldn't want it in real life. Yeah, well, that's kind of what it's like. Well, that's stupid. Finish him. (laughs) Come over here. And apparently there are little children there screaming blood, blood, kill him. That's awesome. Yeah, it's no good. That that does not make me happy. Dan Severin. What do you think of him? Nothing. Is he hot? I don't know who he is. (laughs) He's not. Uh, Let's see. Roseanne's new. new Oh, okay. Roseanne's. Oh, okay. You, you, You think he might be? I have no idea. Yeah, well, I'll find you a picture of him. I'll find you a picture of him, and then you can see if you think he's hot or not. You think okay. he's hotter than me? Nobody's hotter than Rose me. Rose new comedy show aims at SNL, which stands for Saturday Night Live, in case you guys needed to be aware. In case you're idiots. Fast. Oh, come on now. Don't insult our audience. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts, America. The queen of spleen. What the fuck? Why? Is getting revved up for another assault on the chucklehead establishment. Mike Duffy, you are a fucking national treasure. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, this time, Roseanne is ready to rattle the late-night sketch comedy cage. Starting this weekend, she takes dead aim at Saturday Night Live with her own skits and bits project for Fox Saturday Night Special. <laughs> wow. So what's it going to be? Younger, faster, fresher, and more with more female in attitude. Rowdier, too, of course. This is Fox, after all. This is Roseanne, you see. She's the estrogen Yosemite Sam of comedy. Wow. What? We'd like the look of the show to be laughing meets MTV, Roseanne said. Well, that's, that's <laughs> sounds super edgy. Laughing meets MTV. That's insane. Roseanne said in a teleconference with TV critics earlier this week. And the feel of Saturday Night Special. New and different, Roseanne promised. There you go. Are you looking forward to Saturday Night Special? No, but I don't like Saturday Night Live either. But so. you don't—you don't like Saturday Night Live? No, I don't like boxing or With Saturday Mike Night Live. Myers. So what I don't fuck? like Saturday Night Special. What do they have? Or fucking Ultimate Fighting Championships? Okay. All right. Fine. From now on. On the news, I'll only talk about things you like. Well, no, I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying, no, I'm not looking forward to it. You asked. Yeah, I asked if you were looking forward to that one thing. And then you went off on a rant about how you hate everything I talk about. (laughs) Well, only so far today. (laughs) And I don't hate Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay, I love Hootie and the Blowfish. Let her cry. There you go. Make her watch UFC. That would make me cry. Surely would. Now, last thing. Maybe you'll like this. Wow, you got like News Central today. Yeah, it's News Central today. That's the name (laughs) of the show now. Last thing. Maybe you'll like this. It is uh, 70s Fever, Carol. I don't like it. Flared pants and double knits are back with a 90s spin. (laughs) Check out this. Check out this outfit in the newspaper here. Uh-uh. That's 70s style. I don't like it. With a 90s spin, apparently. Where's the 90s spin? I don't know. It's ugly. I agree. And, like, she... Okay, so, <laughs> I guess yeah, this is really great audio, isn't it? Um, it's a woman with a bell hat, basically. Uh, a long coat with a scarf. Uh, like a, you know, like a sweater. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell because it's, it's, you know... It's, it's black and white newspaper print. Yeah, it's yeah. black and white newspaper. But one of those kind of like... What do they call that kind of sweater? I don't it's know. It's a real thick sweater. And then uh, pleated pants with uh, about 75 million buttons on them. Yeah, it looks dumb. It looks like this pair of pants opens up in the front to just allow access to the crotch. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. But then, see, here's the, like the mink coat with the, uh, the long flowing dress... And then there's a woman dressed looking like David Bowie, basically, in the 70s. Okay. And I don't know. I don't like any of it. Yeah. I, I, I like, we talked a little bit about uh, in the movie that we watched today. We talked a little bit about, and we'll talk a little bit about when we get to the movie, but we talked about it after we saw the movie with each other. The fashion. The, yeah. the, the clothes that, that were being worn, especially by the, the young actress in the movie, and... That's kind of, it's so if if there is a style, it's hard to say what the style of the '90s is, kind of because it's hard to say when you're in it. 
Yeah. But if there is a style, I think it's a lot of the stuff that she was wearing. And I like a lot of that stuff. Yeah, she had, like, the little, like, backpack purse. Mm -hmm. And she had, like, the cute little dresses with, like, the boots and socks instead of, like, the dressy shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... and Belly shirts. I like that stuff. And I don't don't want 70s shit to come back. I don't want to wear bell bottoms. I'll tell you that much. I mean, like, a little bit of flair is one thing, but not Mm. bell bottoms. No. And, like, corduroy, right? Uh I'll wear a pair of corduroy slacks. Yeah. That's okay. That's more of a 70s thing, but I'll wear that. But I don't know that I'm going to rock a, like, brown and red collared shirt with like the first three buttons unbuttoned no with the big collars you know like yeah. the, the, that big flared collar that was one of the biggest problems in the 70s was the colors too yeah, it's like a bad color scheme absolutely the the color colors of the 70s were the worst mustard yellow and and like fucking like brown yeah, brown and, and mustard yellow and green oh yeah like puke green yeah no, no. What thank would the you. colors? What would the colors of the nineties be? I I don't know. Like brighter. I think like teal. There's a lot of teal, teal and purple. Where do you see teal? I see teal everywhere. <laughs> okay. Like the like the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> teal and purple. That's the color scheme of the nineties. Yeah. Well, you're also color deficient, so I don't know that you should really be weighing in on what the popular colors are. You're prejudiced. <laughs> dare you <laughs> against the differently abled of sight right how dare you no i mean i no i've goddamn monster <laughs> you're a goddamn monster no i mean i just think bright colors are more of a thing now neon yeah yeah hyper color sure yeah you, you, you did you, you must have owned a pair of hyper color like a hypercolor shirt or something, right? I I owned a lot of like brightly colored shirts. I owned shirts with like things on the boobs. You don't know, oh, yeah. Well, like you know, like the big heart shirt. You know, oh yeah, goes yeah. right over I, your boobs. I and... know that. Yeah, yours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know the stuff you're talking about that you wear sometimes. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, but I mean hypercolor. Like you touch it and it turns a different color. That's like a late 80s. That's more, probably more of a late 80s thing. I don't own any. I've never seen any, and I wasn't aware such a thing existed, no. but I want it. Yeah. Tell me more. So it's like, it can start off like white, like a white shirt, mm-hmm. and then as heat gets applied to it, it turns different colors. So like huh. turn, like, and just the part of it that gets touched. So like you could, like you're making out with something or something, and uh, you know, your back and boobs maybe area or is like bright orange and stuff like that because yeah, yeah hyper colors what the fuck oh yeah huh we gotta go shopping yeah let's go shopping and then make out oh yeah i'll get you i'll get it all uh i'll get it all colored up for you there you go anyway, weird so that's it for the news finally so much news all right fine no more news <laughs> i'm just teasing so sensitive. You can't tease me. I can tease you all I want. <laughs> You're in some kind of mood today. <laughs> Tell us about the the television show that we watched. 
I, tell I, us and tell everyone out there why we watched this horrible piece of shit. Okay. It's called Kindred the Embraced. Yeah. It's based on Vampire the Masquerade. Which is... A uh, White Wolf role-playing game. One of those role-playing games. Yeah, it's one of those with the dice and shit like that that you play. Well, I don't... I, I haven't played this one. I just really, really want to. Yeah. I think it sounds cool. I what's have the your favorite? book. I've read the book. I. You see, what's your favorite? You say, I like, uh, I like riffs. I like to be a juicer with... 20 beauty that's you what in the fuck are you what you fucking nerd what riffs what are you talking about what's a riff uh, anyway go ahead no what's a riff what are you talking about it's a role-playing game okay is it like popular right now because i i it. don't think so mike plays it okay for sure mike plays it. anyways they made this show based on this role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And when I read the book about the role-playing game and the rules and the different... There's vampire clans and, like, the prince is kind of, like, the president of the night world and it's underground. And, like, they, like, live amongst humans, but humans don't know about them. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's this whole, like, world, right? Mm-hmm. It all sounded really cool. and sure. And they took this really cool idea and they made it terrible. Oh, how'd they make it terrible? Well, they- Who produced it? It's on Fox. <laughs> Just to, to get, set everybody up, it's on Fox. And, and I guess this is partially my fault, too. Because I read Mike Duffy's horrible, or his, his criticism of the show last week, and all Carol heard, not, all, <laughs> not any of the terrible things he said about it or anything, all she heard was vampire. <laughs> it's like a dog hearing like like outside or something like that or walk. It's like vampire. Hey now, that's mean. So now we had to see it. <sighs> I'm sorry. Okay, mm-hmm. it was not good. What was it like? Who produced it? Uh, what uh, the same person that produces uh, Beverly Hills now to and oh, but I can't think of A A Ron Spelling. Yes, that one. So, I mean, you'd think that it would be better, right? But no. Better than what? Than it is. <laughs> Why? Because Aaron Spelling produced it? Yeah. Yeah. He's known for the best in television. Beverly Hills Now 210, thank you. Exactly. But Charlie's <laughs> Angels, thank you. <laughs> but they, they made it Cheryl like Ladd. a soap opera. Yeah, they did. It's it's like not and not a good soap opera, like a daytime soap opera. It, it's like a mix of Dark Shadows, <laughs> All My Children, and Melrose Place. And Melrose Place was not good either. I don't know about Dark Shadows. I actually liked All My Children, but still, you don't expect to see that in primetime television. Let me tell you something. I think there's been four episodes of this so far. This show. Mm-hmm. And the episodes rank from shit to fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And like, okay, so there's this dude who is the prince who's like in charge of everybody. Who's who is? So here's here's another thing too. By the way, mm. um, I barely know what happened. Yeah, I know on the show. I know you were distracted. Um, but well, I was getting a massage. But, uh, uh, prostate massage. But, <gasps> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I was getting a, a legitimate massage. Don't be joking. 
dirty. From Carol. A legitimate massage. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, we were watching the show and I was barely paying attention to it. But who is, um, fucking what's his name? I can't think of his name anymore. Um, Julian? No, he was in Soul Man. It's the only actor I recognized in the whole thing. I don't know. He was in he was in the movie Soul Man. I can't, I think uh, Thomas Howell. See Thomas Howell, maybe. Maybe I think that's his name. You know, I don't know who actors are. See Thomas Howell. That's his name. So, yeah, he was in the movie Soul Man, where he uh, couldn't get into college because uh, he I don't know his grades weren't good enough or whatever. He, he, and his parents wouldn't pay for it, so he needed a scholarship. Um, and the only scholarship they had left was for a black guy to get into Harvard because he wanted to go to Harvard. So he hooked up with a friend of his that had a, that was selling uh, tanning pills. You just take one pill and you're, it chemically tans your skin for a period of time, right? So he just overdosed on the pills and made himself black. See, Thomas Howell does the entire movie basically in blackface. Oh, wow. Pretending to be a black man. That's not good. No. <laughs> but it's a very funny movie called Soul Man. Interesting. I love it. Okay. But anyway, he's in this. Cool. That's it. That's all I gotta say about it. Who is he in the in the, the movie? I don't know. The show. I don't know which one you're talking about because I don't know characters. I didn't see Soul Man. I don't know who you're talking about. He was talking to the girl towards the end, but not at the very end. Yeah, that does not help me. (laughs) So there was a prince named Julian who was in charge of the Venture Clan. The Venture Clan? Yeah. Yes. Why Venture? Why Venture? I I don't know. That's what they're named. Are they a business clan? I know there were the Nosferatus. There were Nosferatus. What does that mean? They, They were fans of that movie? Why are they Nosferatus? Because they look like that. Why do they look like that? Because they're all different kinds of vampires. But it, what? It, Why do you look like you? Because that's you know you're you're white. So bald guys? Yeah. So I guess. any bald person made into a vampire no. is in the Nosferatu clan. No, only if they're made a vampire by someone. In the, see, you really weren't paying attention because. So this, wait a second. Can I just say the basic premise of what happened in the episode? Okay, <laughs> and then you can ask your questions. The prince. The last time you give me Julian. When we're watching the show, show. Had a niece, his last living human relative, who was like making out with and I guess actually fucked this dude named Cash. Oh my God. And Johnny Cash. Cash asked him if he could embrace her, like make her a vampire. Yeah, they kept saying embrace. That's what it means. So to bite. Yeah. To, no, not just to bite, to make a vampire. There is a difference. Okay, so like it's a, like a hug. When 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 two when a vampire loves a human very much. Oh my god! They embrace them, and then a stork brings a pair of uh, fangs. He got his permission uh-huh. to turn his niece into a vampire. Now they're all in the same clan. He's turning his own niece into a vampire. No. The cash got the prince's permission to turn oh. the prince's niece into a vampire. Okay, okay. They're all in the same clan, so she would have been part of their clan. But they're trying the Baja or whatever is trying to start Baja. 
That's the Mexican Bruja. vampires. Bruja. <laughs> no, no. Bruja. A man with a bar. <laughs> the Bruja guys. Okay. We're the trying Bruja. to start a war with the other clan. Mm-hmm. So they like made her into a vampire, which made her be part of their clan. Because whichever kind of vampire makes you, you're part of their clan. Okay. And that's the basic premise of the show. Okay. So that's, but there's, so there's just different, it's like they're different races of vampires. Yeah. Interesting. So that's why the episode was called Romeo and Juliet. Just like Romeo and Juliet. Kindred embraced. Cash. Cassius Clay. It's part of the Venture clan. And then this girl, who I don't remember her name, got made into the other clan. And they're supposed to, like, hate each other. Okay. But, you know, they still love each other. Oh. All right. Well, how did the kid figure into it? I don't know. That was, like, a B plot that probably was going on from before. But the kid had cancer. And the Nosferatu vampire, who's, like, creepy and can't really, you know, go out and be around people. Right. Um had like kidnapped him or something to save him because there was some other vampire that was a doctor that was actually drinking his blood. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, um, he cured him from his cancer and gave him back. Nice. You didn't know any of that. Did you? I know he cured him of his cancer. Okay. Cause he put something in his mouth <laughs> and then stroked his lips wow. and said, Hey, uh, this'll, this'll make you feel better. You're such an asshole. Well, that's what he did. <laughs> but you made it sound gross. It was not gross. No, he was such a nice guy. And he said something like, uh, whenever you think of me, smile or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> think of me and smile. The the leader, though, of the... Well, the Bruja! The Bru- yeah, the Bruja clan. Looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but... Like, I don't know, like a C-grade. lesser version yeah. of him. C-grade Schwarzenegger. <laughs> right? He was weird. I mean, he looked like he was sculpted out of, like, like I don't know, some kind of weird rock or clay or something. He didn't look like a person. He was too jagged. We're going to get, the, we're going to get these vampires. <laughs> it was these really Nosferatus. <laughs> and like, we can't abide by them. Honestly? I think he should have narrated. The yeah. Show. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it's terrible. It's a terrible show. And we're not going to watch anymore. But oh, thank God. if we had started at the beginning, I might watch it by myself. But I, I feel like I'm kind of lost. I so. enjoyed the hour. No, you didn't. You yeah, enjoyed I, it because you got a massage, yeah, not because you watched the I show. <laughs> I enjoyed the hour because I got an hour long massage. <laughs> but I didn't. Because like that's show. the kind of girlfriend I am. Yeah, it was great. She was nice. I am nice. She said, We're going to watch a show that I want to watch. So I'm going to give you a massage while we do it. And then I regretted the decision because I didn't really enjoy the show. Oh, I'm sorry. But, you know, I gave you a massage the other day. Yeah, yeah, I'm it not was, saying... It's, I, it, it's, it, it's, it, it was, you know, tit for tat. It was payback. Yeah, I'm not saying I regret giving you a massage. I just regret my bargaining piece. Ah, uh, gotcha. Like, I could have gotten a much better show out of this. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's Kindred the Embrace. Don't watch it. <laughs> really don't. If you start at the beginning, I'm assuming it might be better because maybe you're already you know invested or something yes and you're not like who are these people and why are they yelling at each other (laughs) 
Get the Nosferatu! <laughs> but yeah, it Julian. was... <laughs> Interesting. Every, every time that vampire left, instead of turning into a bat, he was like, uh, Get the chopper! <laughs> We're flying! Anyway, um, we watched a movie. We did a good movie. We went to the movie theater, <laughs> and we saw we saw a good movie. It was this is the first good movie we've seen in a long time, huh? Except for Primal Fear was pretty good last yeah, week. Yeah, it was pretty good. And Fargo was good the week before, mm-hmm. and the one before that was probably good. Too. It was the best movie we've seen in a while, but not the only good one. It's okay. So I liked Fargo. Yeah, I liked Primal Fear. But those movies are not really based, are not really aimed at our age demographic. Right. Which is question mark. <laughs> you have no idea. But this movie is mm-hmm. aimed more at our age demographic. And I loved it. Me too. It starred, uh, what, what's her name? It's called Fear. Yeah. First of all. Fear. Yes, Fear. We saw Primal Fear last week. Now... Fear this week. Next week we're going to see f- <laughs> or or ear. Oh, there you go. Uh, her name is Candy Reese. That's what it is. Reese's pieces. Right, Reese. Reese Witherspoon. What a name! Doesn't she sound like a rich, stuck-up bitch? Witherspoon, like silver. Witherspoon spoons? definitely does. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if any rich person would name their child Reese, but Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Uh, of 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 the New England with a spoon, right? Very droll. She seems like she's not from Connecticut, though. No, she she seems maybe a little southernish, almost yeah. or like Midwesty. I I like her. And then there's uh, she's cute mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Marky Mark Wahlberg. What in the actual fuck? Yeah. Who knew he could act? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, I hope that he becomes real popular as Mark Wahlberg, an actor, so that people can stop calling me Marky Mark. I'm going to call you Marky Mark all week just for that. What's up, Marky Mark? Shut the fuck up. How about that? <laughs> no one calls me Mark Hamill or Mark McGuire. Do you, do you want to be called Mark I'm Hamill? I'm just saying, some asshole dances with his... Pants falling down and his underwear popping out, named Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And if your name's Mark, all of a sudden people are like, "Hey, Marky Mark, where's the Funky Bunch?" <laughs> well, it's very, it's a very original, funny joke, guys. It it actually is pretty funny. Yeah, if you're not Mark. Anyway, so yeah, he was in Mark Marky. I can't, I can't, I can't call him Mark Wahlberg. I always want to say Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg was in the Basketball Diaries. Yeah, he which, was the asshole, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's an asshole in this, too. He plays a good <laughs> asshole. I he guess does. he's probably an asshole in real life. Maybe. But, yeah, he was in that. But he was it's a very minor role. Only in a few scenes. Of yeah. That. The star of that was uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. The one from uh, uh, Growing Pains. The little kid from Growing Pains. But anyway, speaking of this movie, he's the, he's pretty much the star. I mean, he's the main antagonist, mm. for sure. But he, I would say that Reese Witherspoon's the star, and he's like the second lead or, or co-lead with her. 
Yeah. She's the protagonist. He's the antagonist. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's good. He's good at this movie. He really is. Tell um, you what, he knows how to beat the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> he knows how to sucker punch and throw somebody down and kick him a bunch. Yeah. A... He does that a few times. <laughs> so, okay. So she's like, how old do you think she is? Like 15, 16? She's, 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 oh, she drives, so she has 16, to be 16, 16 17. Or 17 yeah. Yeah. So she, they never say what happened to her mom, but I'm assuming that she like killed herself or something. Because... I don't know. Uh, she came to live with her dad mm-hmm. and her stepmom and her little brother and only mentions her mother briefly. Her stepmom, Amy Brenneman from Bye Bye Love. Yeah. Another movie we did. She's pretty too. Yeah. Lots of pretty people in this, in this movie. Yeah, it's weird. Hollywood hires pretty people for some reason. They also got Alyssa Milano. As, oh, yeah. You know, her, her friend in this movie. Alyssa so. Milano's good looking. But that's, that's a crush of mine. Yeah. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. pretty. She's very cute. Um, so she meets Marky Mark mm-hmm. and starts dating him. At a pool hall or something or a concert. Well, first they met at a pool. Or it looked more like a coffee house, but then it had yeah. pool tables. So. Yeah, I think it was a coffee house. She kind of sees him across the room. Yeah. They make it's eye a, contact. It's a caribou coffee situation. <laughs> Some intense eye contact mm-hmm. is had. And, Over um, a cappuccino. They're they're passing out flyers for some uh, like rave later or whatever. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a rave. Yeah, a rave at a, a secret rave at a, a warehouse. And that's she- a raid with a fucking helicopter. Yeah, like, that, that was intense. intense. <laughs> it's like I've been to some raves before. Uh, none of well, no, I don't think any of the ones I was at got raided. But I have heard of ones that have gotten raided before. Because you're trespassing mm. most most of the time, uh, but they just they just come in like they don't bring the SWAT team. They just come in with the regular cops. Right, they're going up up against a bunch of high teenagers. <laughs> they know they don't need the fucking A team out there. You know, yeah, it was kind of weird. But um, she isn't supposed to be able to go because she's supposed to be having like family time. Mm-hmm. But then her dad blows them off and uh, for work, but he has no choice. Yeah, he's got to fly to... There, it, this Vancouver. This takes place in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So he has to fly to Vancouver, which is fairly close. So she is pissed off at her father and goes to a rave. That's not a great combination. No. And then she meets uh, <laughs> an older man. Well, he, how old do you think he's supposed to be? They never really say, do they? No, he's out of school. He says something like, I might, I'm probably going to take a year off, then I might go to UW, you know, the University of Washington. Uh, the Huskies. So maybe 20, 19, 20? I would say probably, yeah, 19 or 20, maybe 19. Uh, yeah. Later we find out some things that me- make me think he might be a little bit older than that. Right. Not much older, but I'd say he's, I'd say at most he's probably like 22. Okay. But, yeah, he takes he takes her out. Like, he saves her from the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. Her friend Margo, that's Alyssa Milano, yeah. goes off with his buddy, who, by the way, looks like fucking Wolfman Jack or something. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, baby. Why would you go off with this guy, though? He looks like a creep. He does, doesn't he? He looks older. He's like a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's, it's not like he's hot. He's not, like Mark Wahlberg's got a nice body, you know? This dude doesn't. And yeah, he's got. He's overgrown face. He looks like yeah. uh, Uncle Fester. He looks like a homeless dude. Or 
was Grandpa Adams or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know, but he does. I would not go for this guy. No, he seems like nothing but trouble, and she is all over him because you know she likes trouble. Yeah, she does. So and that she's she's been she's been held uh, under the thumb of Tony Danza for too long. <laughs> now she's rebelling. Right. At one point in the movie, she actually says, "Like, oh, if they hit you, that's their messed up way of telling you they love you." Right. I mean, like, what has her life been? Yeah. So I guess it makes sense she goes for the fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they both do. They both are psychos. Just, he's more obvious. So he takes her off, and, and like when she says she has to go home, he just turns back her watch. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, midnight's my curfew. And he's like, we got all the time in the world. And, he does, you know, it's, it's a very cute thing to do. but Yeah, it wasn't so cute when she got home at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you're a teen. If I, you know, let's say we are teenagers. Who knows what <laughs> what age we are? But let's say we were 16 years old mm-hmm. and out, and I was like, "Oh, we got all the time in the world." You know? Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, it is you'd whatever. Be, you'd find it endearing. So yeah, she. You pre- might be like, "Yeah, that doesn't fucking change reality." asshole i've still gotta go home yeah that's that's me <laughs> though that's how i am i would not f- just be like oh okay right um but Soon. She- <laughs> he, he's like oh there's you know you're perfect or whatever you're the perfect woman and you know he's like i just i just need to see the flaw to to know you're real and then he tries to like you know he goes in and tries to feel her up or whatever you know tries tries to take he things kissed her he kissed her but he's tried to take things farther and she stopped him, and she was like, I guess we found the flaw. And he goes, no, oh, that's just one more thing for me to admire about you, to wait for, to cherish, or whatever. Yeah, she did not make him wait very long. No, she didn't. <laughs> but, you know, that's 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 such a line. Yeah. Don't you think? That oh, for sure. I can wait as long as you need me to, baby. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> what just I, sounds like, uh, something that somebody said once. Does it? <laughs> well, maybe somebody meant it when, right. they, when they said it, but he this, obviously, this sounds like didn't. a lie, but I mean, well, I mean, maybe he did like, he seems like he seems like he loves her mm. in the only psychotic, crazy way he can, but like he actually does. It's just that his love, love her, yeah. is toxic and frightening. Yeah. So. And possessive. Yeah. Yeah. And filled with fear. <laughs> fear inducing. So yeah, she she falls in love with him. What I think one one of the things I think one of the things that made me laugh is we find out he was in prison, mm-hmm. and the way they show us that <laughs> he was in prison is we see the little place where he's staying. Like, I guess it's that, that fucked up guys, the one with Alyssa Milano. I guess that's his, like, uncle's house or something like that, he says. He's yeah, like, somebody. Oh, my uncle's coming back soon. We're going to be out on the street or whatever. But uh, in the room that he's staying in, he has pictures up. And it's, like, pictures of him and, and Reese Witherspoon. And then next to it is his mug shots. <laughs> but, like, in a, a four by six or whatever. Like, like wallet size. Like a wallet size. <laughs> What fucking police department is like? And he and here's your souvenir mugshot. Right. Put it in your wallet. It's yeah, so weird. Like fucking commemorative. <laughs> who who has their mugshot? One, and who's just keeping it around? It makes no sense. Totally weird. 
Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just existed to let us know that he was in prison. Now, here's a question, though. Is mm-hmm. it possible that it was Juvie in that prison? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I Who knows? I mean, because, like, his, her, her, her dad gets him record. checked out, and he talks about how he was in the foster system, mm-hmm. and then in like the juvenile system and just bounced around until he turned 18 and no one's heard from him. Yeah. So it's possible that that's from before. Yeah, I guess that's true. But he's certainly into bad things. I mean, Oh yeah. Like they're fingering Reese Witherspoon on a roller coaster. (laughs) That was quite the scene. That's some bad things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they're selling drugs, right? Like, I don't know. It sounded like... I don't know what they... They were smoking a lot of crack. They were smoking that. a lot of crack, yeah. But she doesn't know any of that. Like, he's pretending to be something else oh, completely sure. to her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he's stalking her and shit. I mean, even Margot has a, more of an idea of what's going on, actually, than she does. Well, sm- Margot gets to smoke the crack. Well, I mean, do you think that before that night that she knew? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, well, no, no, I don't know. I don't know hard to say because okay here's here's how this shit goes down okay they're hanging out he put the clock back for her dad in his office to cause him all kinds of problems yeah this guy's an idiot by the way too because it's like oh the one the one clock in the house which unfortunately for her father is the only clock he looked at yeah at that time but it was so he could keep her out later yeah like yeah obviously there's other ways to know what time it is Mm -hmm. um but anyways, just called uh, information for the time. Right. She when she gets home, she changes her mind and decides she's going to go off with him. Mm-hmm. And then she finds that he is in the house of crack. <laughs> <laughs> and sees the house of crack. Sees Margot like dry humping uh her own boyfriend and then he walks up behind her and it, like he by he you mean mark Wahlberg? yeah grabs her by the hair and like say you want me yeah and he's like hey she's mine or whatever and he's like yeah you know she's mine now or whatever and uh yeah he's like say you want me and she's like she's obviously in pain yeah and everything and then finally she does say it and then he just picks her up and carries her off to rape her and, like, for some reason, like, she thinks that that means Margot did something wrong. Well, she's mad at Margot, too, yes. I don't like that. That's not fair. I mean, yeah, okay, Margot shouldn't have been smoking crack, but that doesn't mean that, you know, she deserved to get raped. Like, she looked at it like, oh, you, you fucked my boyfriend, but that's not how that went down. She clearly it wasn't a willing participant. Right. But she, it's like... uh Reese Witherspoon seemed to think she was. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you have any criticisms of the movie? Hmm. (laughs) It's a thinker. No. Wow. Perfect movie, in your opinion. I guess. My major criticism is the ending or the 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 it's a it's a bit over the top (laughs) like so her dad goes over to the house when they're not there and fucks up the house like he goes and mark Wahlberg goes when he when he's 
when the when the dude's at work, when her dad's at work, he goes and smashes the shit out of his car. Yeah, like classic Ferrari. I mean, like it's been in a in in a uh, compactor. I don't even know how the fuck like what he used to to destroy it so con- completely, but he does like absolutely just fucks his car up. Right. And so he goes to the guy's houses. He finds out. He calls Margot. Finds out where they're staying. And totally fucks up their house. This enrages all of them. And they're like, we're going to go fucking get this guy. They go to the house. They find their dog. They decapitate the dog. I don't know what the fuck they used to completely cut this dog's head off. It's <laughs> yeah. not, I don't know how many of you have tried it out there, but it's not easy to fucking completely sever a dog's head. And it was a German shepherd. It's a German shepherd. It's a huge dog. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck they used. Like they just had a saw in hand and they were able to keep the the, the dog still or well, did they knock it out? I'm assuming they killed the dog before they cut its head off. With what though? It didn't look like. I mean, How much noise would that dog have made if they were trying to cut its head off? Well, it was alive. They shot it or something. But they, Okay, but we didn't hear a gunshot either. What did they do to the dog? I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Right, okay. So they they shove this dog head through the doggy door, and they're like, you're next. And they they literally turn into like a pack of psychopaths. I mean, turn into, or were they already? Well, it's not fully established. Like, this Mark Wahlberg's like a bad dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's... he's possessive and everything he eventually like he goes he runs after uh her friend gary and just snaps his neck yeah first he beat gary up because he was hugging her right and then uh, later he kills him yeah he snaps his neck unrealistic yeah the way they do it um like the fact that he was able to overtake him like that too like it seemed supernatural yeah it did it seems like friday the 13th yeah but like (sighs) Yeah, they're drug dealers and stuff like that, but we haven't seen them we haven't seen them even fight anyone. Let alone like they go in they go into this house like they're ready to murder this entire family. Oh, they absolutely were. And don't you think that's a big leap from selling drugs? But we don't know them. We don't know their story. We don't I mean it like It just it seemed like it came out of nowhere. It didn't to me though. Like Alyssa Milano's creepy dude. Mm-hmm kept doing this thing where like he'd be kissing her and then he would do the like pointing at his eyes and point at her friend like i'm looking at you like (laughs) you know like like i'm gonna get you yeah i guess i mean it just it seemed like it was maybe a little much if it was just mark Wahlberg, it wouldn't have been as scary well that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like but it would have been more realistic because like okay they they get the dad Mm -hmm. because you know the dad goes out there for what he th- i don't remember why and mark Wahlberg puts his face in the hole they have made in the door and right. looks at the wife and just nods his head like yeah we're gonna kill him and then she's just like okay and lets them in mm-hmm. like because partially because he's not that scary like he has a pre-existing relationship with these people so she probably doesn't feel as afraid of him as she should but that should be even scarier to me yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. I the just fact don't... that you feel like you could trust him, but he's unhinged. Yeah. 
But he he couldn't have overpowered them all on his own. But maybe it didn't have to go down that way at all. Maybe well, it didn't obviously have, it didn't have to. Maybe it didn't have to be a fucking like raid on the house. <laughs> like it was like a fucking riot. I mean, it was insane. I just think the movie did a lot of work being a under the skin subtle psychological thriller and then it just went fucking full bore in that last 20 minutes yeah where it's like now everything's fucking bananas yeah and i just i don't know i don't i think you could have had a more subtle way it ended i guess i don't know i kind of liked the ending i also would have liked if she had killed him I think the dad deserved to get the kill. I think that, like, he wanted revenge so bad, and I think that it wouldn't have... It would have psychologically damaged her to kill a person, whereas Mm -hmm. I think that it was, like, helpful to her dad to kill him. And I also don't know if I I like that the the dad was so involved in the storyline. You know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, she's not an adult. If she, if she had been, like... 22 years old or something like that, then I guess it probably would have been more appropriate if it was like a, you know, him against her kind of movie. But because she's underage, the parents being involved makes a lot more sense. Well, yeah, her dad wanted to protect her. That's his job as her dad. They're minor complaints, though. Like, very minor nitpicks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily hate the ending or anything. Just if I was going to find something to nitpick, it would probably be that. But I love the movie. Like I said, though, the at the ending, though, when uh, she stabbed him with what, like a giant wooden stake or whatever in the back. Like, what the fuck was that? And then he oh, was... Oh, yeah, I don't even know. He was able to keep fighting. That didn't seem realistic. Like, you'd think that he'd have been paralyzed. Yeah, there was... He suffered uh, some injuries that he was... But, I mean, he also just could have been on crack, too. That's the other thing. They might have smoked a bunch of crack before they went over there. Oh, I'm sure. And then... It's then it's who knows like they they could do anything well and in, they in, did in that in that scenario then then it makes a lot more sense you know the if they're all high yeah the little brother was like the hero of the story though oh yeah for sure which I thought was funny because when when they decapitate the dog mm-hmm. the little brother who's what like maybe ten yeah is that dog yeah and he's the one who sees it first the dog's mm-hmm. the head. And he's so freaked out. Like, you're literally thinking at one point, he's just going to be catatonic the rest of this movie because right. he's just sitting there staring. And he is the one who fucking goes out, runs over a crackhead, right. <laughs> calls 911. In a car. Yeah. Gets a gun, comes inside, un, un, uh, chains the, or unhandcuffs the, the parents, the mom. The mom, and then the mom unhandcuffs yeah. the dad. So he saved everybody. Yeah. He's going to be fucked up for the rest of his life, but he's a tough little dude. Yeah, he's a hero. And the music was awesome. Yeah, great music. Bush. Lots of Bush. Yeah. Lots of, not just on the roller coaster either. <laughs> lots of Bush in the soundtrack. And I feel like they did have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I thought, I think it was really good. One of my, one of my favorites of the year so far. Very good movie. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. Okay. Why don't you take us home? So go ahead and write us at latefee1994aol.com and check out our website, retrolatefee.com. Do that as well. Tell a friend about the show. Tell all your peeps. Go to patreon.com slash retrolatefee 
and find out all the extra stuff we got there for you. New shows. Early shows. It's cool. Yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.